Good evening. Thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, so glad each and every person's here tonight to uh, worship together. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about something just a little bit different. Um, I'm a visual learner, and so I'm going to kind of apply that to my lesson tonight. And I hope that you can follow along and maybe take something from it and, um, and apply it to your life. Uh, before we get into the lesson, I want to say thank you to Jason for asking me to do this lesson. Um, it's been a long time since I've been up here and given a lesson. It's normally Justin, but we kind of swapped roles tonight. And uh, I'm just I'm glad to be up here. And uh, Also, thank you to the elders for letting the young men lead the worship on Fifth Sunday. So, without further ado, let's get into the lesson. Um, we're going to talk about soft drinks tonight. And you're probably thinking, where in the world is he going with this? Um, I'm sure everybody has a favorite. This happens to be my favorite. It's Coca-Cola. Um, but we're going to talk about soft drinks. And so, with that in mind, I want you to imagine you've either hosted a Home Depot. Or, if you haven't hosted one, maybe you've had people over. And what do people normally bring? I know at a home devotional, all the, the men, they bring a two-liter. And so imagine you've got all these rowdy kids or your neighbors or someone coming in, and here comes one, a two-liter of Coca-Cola, two-liter of Sundrop, two-liter of Dr. Pepper. Oh, my goodness, get that thing in, in the sink. It's going to blow up. I mean, am I not wrong? But why is that? Why is a soft drink... Like, why are people afraid of them, I guess, in a sense, when, when they have a, a big get-together? It's because they're carbonated. If you sit here and you shake these up, which, no worries, this one's empty, but you can shake this up, and as soon as you open it, it's going to go all over the place. Nobody wants that. It's going to get all over everybody. Everyone's going to have to deal with it. It's not desirable. So, what's so different about this water? Think about that. The earth is covered in 75% water, roughly. Everything that has to do with life has to do with water. Why is that? It's inert. That means it doesn't react with hardly anything. And on the extreme scale, you know, if you put a piece of sodium metal in it, yes, it's going to explode, but that's the metal exploding. That's not the water. The water is calm. The water gets along with so many things. So with that in mind, as we go through this lesson tonight, I want you to think about it. Which one have you been this past week? Have you been the soft drink? That when you're shaking, when somebody says something to you that you don't like, did you explode? Did you get angry? And, and I will say this. This lesson applies as much to me as it does to you guys. It's something I struggle with. And I just wanted to share that with you so I'm not preaching at just you guys. This is to me too. Um, but anyways, we all should try and be the water, obviously. But we're going to look at anger tonight and uh, look at how Christians are supposed to react. But... Um, there's three questions I do want to ask and answer tonight. First off, is it okay for us to get upset? Just in general. Um, does God get angry? I mean, that He created us. We were made in His image, but so does He even get angry? And then finally, how should we as Christians react when we're shaken, so to speak? So if, if you have your Bible, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 11. We're going to read for just a minute and look at... Uh, if God gets angry or not, and if he does, how so? 1 Kings 11, verse 9. And it reads, So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. 
but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. So you can see here right from the get-go, yes, God does get angry. But let's go a little further. Um, let's look in 2 Kings chapter 17. We'll start in verse 7. We'll look at another instance here. And we'll kind of analyze what's going on here. 2 Kings 17, 7. For it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt, from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they had feared other gods, and had walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel which they had made. And it goes on to talk about the things that they did. They um, repeated actions of past nations that, that God was not, he was not okay with the actions, but they repeated those actions. Um, they burned incense on high places. They worshiped idols. They practiced uh, witchcraft, all these different things. And God was not okay with it. If you look in verse 18, it says, therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. And there was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. And I think it's interesting. Uh, let me actually backpedal a little bit where it talked about he told them twice. He warned them twice. And how many parents are in here? You tell your kids something once, that should be enough. But if you tell them twice, you know, if they don't obey then, they need to be expecting what's coming, their punishment. You know, so that, that's kind of what happened here. These people were told twice, and they still disobeyed God, and so they were punished. Um, Let's look just a little further right here in verse 19. Also Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel which they made. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of the plunderers until he had cast them from his sight. So you can see that, yes, God gets angry. We know that. But it's not that God's just flying off the handle. He's God. He's omnipotent. He is, God is love. We can describe God. He's, he's a vengeful God, but... He hates sin. He's not just getting angry because he wants to. He has a reason. Okay? So, those are Old Testament examples. We live by the New Testament now. So, let's look at some New Testament examples. Um, just so we get some from, from both. Let's go to John chapter 2. We'll go to verse 13. John chapter 2. Verse 13, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And you see here, Jesus got angry because, and he had a reason. Once again, there, there's a reason. They were kind of making a joke out of religion. You know, this was a holy place, and they were using it for making money. Um, and so he was not okay with that. Uh, let's look at one more example, and that is uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. 
And um, it, it's also to be noted that this is when the Pharisees were trying to frame Jesus. They were trying to find anything that they could against him. Um, and so that's kind of what's the, the precursor to what's about to happen here. Uh, they're in the synagogue, and um, in verse 3 here it says, And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. So I've given you these few examples, and you can see that there's a reason behind it. God is a loving God, but he also hates sin. He hates people, not hates people, but he hates when people go against his word. So, and just to back that up, Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of unrighteousness. So that just kind of backs that up. So we've answered that question. Yes, God gets angry. So now, you know, as I said earlier, we were made in the image of God, but we're not God. We're sinners. That's why Jesus was sent to this earth to die for us. So we're not the same as God. We are not on the same level as Him. So while He can get angry, can we? Let's answer that question. Um, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 26. It's real short. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, that's quoting some Old Testament scripture, but in the commentaries I was reading, it alluded to if you get upset with somebody or get angry or, or whatever it may be, frustrated, that's okay, but don't act on it, but also get over it. Like, move past that. Like, don't let the sun set on your wrath. That, that means, say I get upset at Justin today. By the time we go to bed tonight, we need to have that resolved. You don't need to hold a grudge or anything like that. Um, so I want this lesson to be as personal to you as it is to me. And I want you to think about different situations. I'm going to list a few situations and a few uh, things that maybe will ring a bell with you. Um, but I'll start off with myself. So, you know, we all are human. We're going to mess up, and we do get upset. And, you know, one thing I like to do, um, I like to run boats, and I build engines, things like that, okay? Well, I work days on end on these things, and sometimes they blow up. And that really makes me mad. You know, that really gets under my skin. Well, what about some of you that play golf? You make a bad shot. I'm sure eventually that's going to get under your skin. What about tonight? And it's deer season. What if you drive home? You, you've got a brand new car you just bought from the car lot, and you hit a deer. You're not going to be happy about that. Um, what if you're a student and you fail a test? Now, I just don't want this to be to the adults. It's the kids, too. If you're in school, you fail a test. You're going to have to answer to the teacher, but also... Your parents, when you get home, I'm sure you'll be upset about that. Um, what about, uh, this is a totally different, uh, this could be a whole lesson in itself, but what if you lose a loved one suddenly? Like, are you angry at God? Like, anyways, so let's look at one other example or a few other examples. What about at work? If you get blamed for something you didn't do, so you work really hard and somebody orders the wrong part and your name was tied to some piece of paper with it, and you get blamed for it. That would make me upset. Or maybe you have to clean up for someone else's mess. If you're at Walmart, I, I know that happens a lot. 
I've, countless times you see people knock something over. Well, somebody's got to clean that up. I know the associate is probably upset. So I'm, I'm giving you all these examples because I want you to see that this is applic applicable to all of us. But see, here's the thing. The bottom line is it's okay for that, that, that pit in your stomach that, oh, man, that made me mad. But the difference in how a Christian reacts and how the world reacts is, is, is our reaction. That's what makes it a sin or not. See, if we blow up like this soft drink, that's sin. We're not supposed to have outbursts of wrath and things like that. We're supposed to be like this water, calm, cool, and collected as often as we can. And that's the by-the-book way to do it, but that's what we should strive for. So, with that in mind, how should Christians react when we're shaken? Um, we've already talked about not holding on to anger, but I want you to just sit here for a second and think. What do you do when you get upset? Because I know we all do. Maybe you are someone who never gets upset, and that is fantastic. I, you're a better person than I am. But eventually, someone's going to make you upset. What do you do? Just think about that. Not what do you want to do. Not, you're sitting here on Sunday like, yeah, you know, I, I would be strong. Like, Think about this past week. What did you actually do? What did I do? Yeah, I've got to think about that. Um, really reflect on that as, as we're going through the last part of this lesson here. Um, do you storm off in a rage or do you say things you shouldn't? Um, I mean, I've been guilty of that before, and I've, I've asked for forgiveness of that, and I hope you do the same. Um, or do you keep quiet? I hope you do that, and, and you, you do what you're supposed to do. But let's look at some more uh, verses here. James chapter 1, uh, verses 19 through 20. It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce righteousness of God. And then further on in James chapter 1, verse 26, it says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. You know what useless means? No use. Like, so you being here tonight, you trying to live as a Christian, and if you can't control what you say when you go out into this world, if we can't control what we say, this is useless. Because when people, like, okay, say... I leave here and someone pulls out in front of me at the red light and I say something I shouldn't out loud and I've got my windows down. They may not go to church. They may not care. They may speak that way. But what if one of you sees that? You know, it just, it makes our Christianity useless if we don't control what we say and how we act and our self-control. Let's go to Mark chapter 7, verse 20. There will be a few, I've, I've got a pretty good lengthy list of verses here, um, but I think it's, it's really good to look at that and, and really base all this out of, out of Scripture. Uh, Mark 7, verse 20, it says, And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. And that backs up what we just talked about. Okay, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. And it says, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. And what I took from that is, 
yeah, you can be here on Sunday and be the good Christian for all of us, and I can do that for all of you. But when we leave here, we can only fool those around us for so long if that's what's in our heart. Like if, if the evil and saying things that we're not supposed to or reacting to people, if, if that's what's in our heart, it's eventually going to show through. And so, you know, we need to make sure our heart's in the right place. Like I know people struggle. Like I said, I do as well. But you got to make sure and keep your heart in check because eventually it's going to it's going to show through. Um. I want to look at some Proverbs. I know we, we looked at a lot of Proverbs this morning. I actually said something to Tony. I kind of laughed. I was like, we're really going to be well-versed on Proverbs tonight. He said, that's okay. Repetition helps you learn. And he's right. So let's look at, I've got five or six here, and they're really short, but I think there's something good to live by. Proverbs twelve sixteen, A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. And uh, that's New King James Version. All these are. Uh, the New International Version, I don't use that much, but it says on that last part, but the prudent overlook an insult. So that's basically saying, hey, if somebody says something against you, you know, a fool, you're going to shoot something back at them. But the wise man, the prudent man, they're going to kind of keep to themselves and let that pass. You know, they're going to just kind of shove it off like, okay. Um, let's go to Proverbs 14, 16. I'm going to do these in numerical order. Uh, a wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. Proverbs 15:7. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. And that kind of touches on what I was just talking about with keeping your heart in check. Uh, Proverbs 17:28. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Now, that one really hit home with me because growing up, yeah, I would shoot off a comment at people or whatever. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that sometimes. You know, you get in a heated argument or something, you just want to shoot something right back at somebody. But this even says even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. So basically what I take from this is, yeah, it may be that you want to say something or that I want to say something, but... If we're quiet, it makes us look so much better. It, it gives such a better view of us, our family, of the church, to those around us. Just a few more here. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. And the last one here, Proverbs 29, 11. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. I, I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit. This, this really hits home in today's times because all the time someone's, well, that hurt my feelings, or you know, I don't like that. It's all about me, 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 and it, you know, my feelings. Well, if you vent your feelings like, Facebook or Instagram or wherever to your co-workers it kind of makes you look like a fool make, if I were to do that it would make me look like a fool at least according to the scripture it does so it says but a wise man holds them back so let's strive to do that um, so as Christians as New Testament Christians there are a few things that we should take from this lesson go throughout this week and you know maybe share with somebody you know that, that needs to hear this 
Um, maybe it's not you that's struggling with this, but you work with somebody. It's like, hey, man, look here. I heard this lesson at church. I want to share this with you. Maybe this will help you out. Um, you know, we as Christians, no matter what, even if it, even if we get angry, upset at somebody, we should always stand for what's right and oppose the wrong, no matter what. We should lead by example. That's the bottom line. If we're good examples, it looks good on our family, our church family, the church in general, on God, our employers even. You know, it just, it goes on down the line. If we're a good example, it makes everyone around us and associated with us look good. Um, we should be slow to anger and slow to speak. That's very good advice. Be the salt of the earth, spreading God's word and love to those who need it. And you know, as long as we control what we say, how we react to people, we can spread God's love and people are going to listen. Um, you know, when I went to Tennessee Tech, I saw this all the time. People would be in campus ministries and they would go around and, yeah, you know, you need to come to this and come to our worship service on Wednesday night or on Sunday morning. But then you see them in class and they're not living that life. And it's like, what's the point? You know, so if we're saying, hey, come to church with me. Come to Bobby Branch Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. But then they see us at work you know, cussing somebody out because we got mad or you know, getting in a rage over something. They're not going to come and show up. It's pointless. So I guess all of this boils down to this. Which are you? Obviously, we know which one we all want to be is the water. But think, really think about yourself. Which are you? Which have you been this week? Um, if you've been the soft drink, been the, the Coca-Cola, it's okay. That is all water under the bridge at this point. From this point forward, you can change. You can come forward tonight. You can change your ways. Ask for forgiveness. We will be more than happy to pray with you and pray for you. And if you're not a Christian, if you have not started your walk with, with God and with, with Jesus yet, tonight is the best time because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So if you have any need tonight, come forward as we stand and as we sing.